the comic book pit. Okay. seeing the the photos of the defenders like it's a real thing oh, and yeah. it's, it's happening yeah. and yeah yeah the cover of entertainment weekly that was pretty awesome what comes for when's iron fist come out i think later this year before defenders or after defenders before it defenders is it in is it march yeah march? i think it's it's out before oh, for some reason i thought it was like in the fall uh march 17th i think that's defenders oh it's when march comes uh, oh wow oh, March, yeah, March 17th. It's a matter of weeks. There's actually another show coming out soon. I don't know if you guys saw the promos for it, but it's called Powerless. And it's oh, a, yeah. yeah. It's I've, a, I've got bad. mixed feelings about that. I'm yeah. giving it a chance because Alan Tudyk. Yeah, I'll... <laughs> well, but here's the thing. So they... And I don't know if you, you know how much you guys know of it, because it's been in the works for a couple of years. But they, they changed the like the, the the business or the the office setting it was originally supposed to be an insurance company yeah that you know it, you know i guess similar to like a damage control yeah, from marvel totally yeah but now it's different now it's it's, now, it's different. now they work at a like a subsidiary of Wayne Enterprises oh really called Wayne Security and it's i guess they develop um, protective gear, or, or, or th- like they, like th- th- they develop protect things to protect the yeah. every man from the fallout from like superhero battles. Yeah, yawn. Yeah, yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, like, see, I'm, well, I'm, I'm, dude, right. I'm, I'm with you. Sorry, Scott. I will we're, give we, it. We don't like your taste. I'll give wow. it. A, I'll <laughs> give it a few episodes, not only for um, Alan Tudyk, but I also like. Danny uh, Pudi. Danny Pudi. Yeah, Danny Pudi. He's in it from Community, so... Yeah. I, like, and Vanessa, Vanessa Hudgens is easy on the eyes. Yeah, so. but yeah. Sh- I don't think... I, I Just from seeing her in that, like, this commercial or the trailer, I'm like, uh, sh- I, I don't <laughs> know if I could watch episodes with her. I just, she's, I just don't think she's a good actress. <laughs> um, but She's eye candy for the men folk. Yeah, like, uh, no, I agree. She's she's she's, she's she good looking, played, but she was in um, this will be musical. like yes, but also the they did the live action Greece or whatever. Was it Hairspray? Yeah. Was she was in or was it Greece? In Greece, so they did that live action one on TV last year. Uh, she was really good in it. I remember that. I mean, yeah. I didn't see yeah. it, but I, I didn't I, know she was in that. Who'd she play? I think she was. I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I know she I saw. Oh wait, 
Ariana Grande was in Hairspray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah be our expert witness here. You know, like, how do you know this? Well, yeah. and, and, and here's the other thing, I mean, about Powerless. Keep going. I'll, I'll okay. Okay. It's on NBC, and I don't think I, mean, I think NBC, as far as comedy, has been seriously lacking the past couple of years. Like I, I don't yeah. think they've been they're, they're they're not the comedy giant they used to be. I'll tell you, considering honestly, I don't watch any. The only and you're gonna you're gonna mock me for this too, but the <laughs> only sitcom I even really watch is Big Bang Theory. Damn it, Scott. Yeah, and I know you hate that show. I do hate that show. But, uh, but here's here's my thing that I realized about Big Bang Theory is I, I for some reason for some reason I like that show like mm-hmm. I and I'll watch it and it's there's funny but then if I see another sitcom like say Two and a Half Men and I'm like oh that's garbage same, yeah it's garbage but it's like the same jokes well, what's yeah. the same uh, guy Chuck Lorre yeah it's oh same, yeah it's yeah same totally creative. that's what I mean though is like. It's weird if I I feel like if I watch a, another sitcom, then all of a sudden I'm like, these sitcoms are all the same, and I think that's where I'm at. Like I I'm like I can just watch one <laughs> and just forget about all the other ones, I and I haven't I, left I, the Big Bang. Well, sphere, but you know you're, so. Scott, that, that's like if you read one Rob Liefeld comic, then you're like, I think <laughs> oh, there's another Rob Liefeld comic. Hey, what shit all looks alike. Here's another. Done with comics all together. It was like you were watching. You're missing out on a lot of good comedy, Duke. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> like what a lot of, there's a lot of stuff on Netflix that's really funny. Um, oh, well, I mean, going outside of... I mean, out of the networks. Um, because, yeah, definitely. There's, Last Man on Earth? No, I got tired of that. I watched it for almost two years, and I actually okay. thought it got pretty depressing. Um, Did you ever watch the Goldbergs, Scott? I can't get into the Goldbergs. Goldbergs is funny. Um we like uh, New Girl. New Girl, I watched for about three seasons, and then I got tired of it. There's a new show on ABC called American Housewife. It's pretty funny. Haven't watched that. Haven't watched that. It's, it's um, Katie Mixon from um, Mike and Molly, and then Diedrich Bader. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, Diedrich. I'd give it a chance for him. He's, he's a funny dude. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. I gotta give credit to the... the Susan, that she's the reason. Otherwise, I wouldn't know this stuff exists. You're like, I don't know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. No, another <laughs> one, um, this is not a comedy, but the, she wanted to watch it, and I wouldn't watch it otherwise, is Taboo on FX. Oh, okay. Oh, the Episode, Tom Hardy, right? Yeah, the Tom Hardy one. It's good. I, I haven't feel like seen I that at like all. Subtitles and like uh, cliff notes to fully understand what's going on. Because it, it runs on the BBC like a few days before, and then it it runs on FX here. Oh, okay. Production. And, uh, yeah, it's weird in a good way. I guess that next show, like, everyone will be talking about. So, all right, getting back to Powerless, though. So you guys aren't even going to watch it, like, no. once? No. Like, it's based in the DC I universe. I will. Maybe. Give it a chance. I'll, I'll give it a couple I'm, of episodes. I mean, that's what I mean, is, like... Is I the mean, Flash in it? But see, here, here's Nobody's going to be in it. There you because, go. See, if they bring the in the network. Flash, they're doing DC. If they bring in comics. the Flash, I'd be like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they're I, I they're know. doing DC better on the CW. See, and that's the thing. It's like they, they like I don't know why they keep putting these DC shows on different networks. Like you got Gotham I, on Fox, and now I Powerless think, on NBC. Honestly, I I think that because I think the DC is like 
we will dominate every other network but ABC. Like they're they're like let's just move. You know, it's like playing Risk, and they're like let's just get a chip on every network. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> you why know, they and don't then ABC will be like surrounded. <laughs> well, because Marvel's got the Netflix hookup. Yeah, they, yeah, Marvel Marvel has Netflix, and they and you know, obviously they're in ABC. So and and I mean, and I guess they're on. I mean, they have they they play Agents of Shield on Hulu, so I guess. Although, I think Supergirl's on Hulu too, but I, I, I might be getting my streaming services mixed up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how all those deals work or whatever. I mean, like the CW shows are on streaming on Netflix as well, but there's no Netflix original series. Um, I don't know. I might give that pilot episode like a try of uh, that. Uh, I, well, I figure it's got to be better. Thing. It like looks it, funny, but uh, I mean, it just kind of looks eh, just not that funny. It, it, like it, it doesn't. Look, it, it just looks like it's well, like it's going to be. Like, I think it's going to be. Well yeah, I think it's going to be kind of a grown eye roll type of humor. Mm-hmm. It will last for ten seasons, and Scott Scott will have the last laugh. <laughs> I will keep watching. <laughs> Well, before when it's all said and done, it'll be Seinfeld, Cheers, Powerless, <laughs> and not in that order. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Comic Book Pit episode two forty. We're back from vacation. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. I'm Jared. I'm Sean. And the uh, the brain the, the brain trust is back. <laughs> The boys are back in town. Yep. The boys are back. <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're, we're harmonizing. We're, we're, we're doing it all. So, me, me, um, me, 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 me. so yeah, so we just, uh, yeah, so we're talking about some, some, uh, comic book television stuff. Yeah. I, um, I actually, um, Jared dropped the Rob Liefeld. Like he made a mention jokingly. He did. But he's in the news. Did you see this? Oh, he just signed. He just signed a big deal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, trying to get some movie sign, get some movie deals going with Extreme. Yeah, universe. He signed like a seven figure deal or something for his properties. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow, good for him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll be honest. I mean, my first thought was now the the movie going audiences will learn um, what we learned twenty five years ago in comics was, man, this shit's derivative. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, well, and I, I, I read an article, or, or I forget what I read, but basically the, the gist of it was saying Hollywood might be a little disappointed when they find, I mean, yes, Robert Liefeld created Deadpool, but yeah. he's not, but the Deadpool that we know in the movies was not a Rob Liefeld right. creation. Like that, like the, the way that character developed over the last 20 years had very little to do with Rob. It was yeah, more like Joe Kelly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so I think they're thinking, oh, let's get more of Rob's properties, and hey, we've got like six more Deadpool movies, but with different characters. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And like yeah. they're in for a rude Deadpool, awakening. We have blood strike. Yeah. <laughs> we've got blood fart. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Big guns and pouches coming to a yep. multiplex near you. Boobs and thongs. Well, they might. They might adapt Glory, or at least like 
Sophie Campbell's glory. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Way to always be looking on the upside. <laughs> I was, hey, that's, nice try. That, that, that glory, the, the, um, that was a great run, that, that last glory, but I don't think that would be like for moviegoers. You know, like big budget. Like, yeah. like the way that last glory was with, um, who was doing the art on that? Uh, was it Ross Campbell? Yes, now Sophie Campbell. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Joe, it's, um, I think Joe Keating was writing it. I believe you're correct. That was, I mean, that was an amazing run of comics, and, but I'm like, yeah, I can't see that anybody making that into a movie. <laughs> and actually wanting it to make money because I, I, I think it would turn people off because it's not like, you know, what they're used to as far as a comic book movie goes. I almost kind of want to see profit in the theaters just so that they can say, you know, this movie's going to make profit. Oh my <laughs> nice. For the puns. That's going to yeah, be, for yeah. The puns. Just for the That's puns. That's all I want. Make this movie just for the puns. That's all I want. Profit just made some profit. I mean, I I think you got to figure the the first one out of the gate's most likely going to be Youngblood, don't you think? Yeah. That's kind of his his you know his main book. His I mean that that was the first image book. Yeah, it's like the Avengers, but not as good. <laughs> yeah. Now I just remember being like twelve and just like. I don't know. Because remember, it was a big deal. Like, I remember getting like mm-hmm. all the first issues. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I've told this. I know I've told this story before, but that's like when, as a young comic reader, like it dawned on me like what a writer brings to the equation. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, and an editor. Yes. Which is weird, but like you, you know how those guys were always like, oh, editors always told us what to do, blah blah blah, and it's like. Early image could have used some editors, yeah. You know, just to yeah. mm-hmm. tighten up the stories and stuff like that. Because everything yeah, sort of flew, like just unused ideas from what they were doing at Marvel. Yeah, and even their character designs. Remember, like Troll. I'm like, that's Wolverine. Like, it's the Wolverine haircut. He's smoking oh, yeah. a cigar. He just doesn't have any short. Like, who who are you trying to fool here? I'm See, twelve. I'm not an idiot. That would have happened in this day and age. They would have said, "Oh yeah, you're just trolling us with." Oh with come on! Say the puns, man. Heard. The puns. Well, on. you know, and you that just was had like a month's worth of puns. I just couldn't <laughs> wait to get out. You? Duke, you got to pace yourself, buddy. <laughs> yeah, we, we just started the episode. I mean, we're talking about Rob Liefeld stuff here. I'm gonna. There's gonna be some puns. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, so much of his stuff early on, and maybe still is. I I really don't follow his. Professional career anymore. Yeah. Well, it's but but you could just see where it was derivative of current characters. Oh yeah, yeah. uh, One of my favorites is um, the character who who was like the uh, aquatic character Roman, which is Namor spelled backwards. Oh yeah. I was not aware of that. Ah jeez. Yeah. Boom boom boom. I'm like, really? Did you do that? Did you make a like a water guy and just reverse Namor? Do you have like <laughs> wings on his like forehead? 
<laughs> he had he had little wings on his ass. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um, but hey, I mean, you know, more more power to Rob. Good for him. Hopefully, we get something good out of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, something a little more recent in the news, and I don't know if you guys uh, saw this, but uh, DC Comics are getting a price increase. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I did not know this. Some of them. Well, well, let me be clear. Some, not all of them, some of them. Uh, certain monthly titles are going from two ninety nine to three ninety nine, but they're also getting uh, a digital code that can be redeemed on Comixology for a digital copy. But the the books that are um, going up to three ninety nine are also but online. They're going to remain two ninety nine. Oh, okay. So you can still so, get them for two ninety nine, but only on comic, like only on Comicsology. Okay. Oh. Now, are so, they also are these are these books going to be once a month? Or are these the twice a month books? Well, from what I understand, the 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 books that ship twice a month are actually remaining at two ninety nine for now. So that's and that's like the marquee characters. You got Batman, Flash, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Green Arrow, Suicide Squad, Justice League, maybe a couple others. Those are the ones that are staying at two ninety nine because they are shipping twice a month. Twice a month. Um, so really, they're five ninety eight. So the the ones that are going up to three ninety nine are um, the two Batgirl books, um, Batman Beyond, Batwoman, Blue Beetle, uh, Cyborg, Hellblazer. New Superman, Red Hood, um, Super Sons, Supergirl, Superwoman, uh, the two Titans books, Teen and Regular Titans, and Trinity. So those are all so, going up to three ninety nine. But if you buy them online, they're two ninety nine. Oh. So about so come summer, we'll be talking about how a wave of DC titles are being canceled. <laughs> <laughs> now, and and the, and the. All Star Batman book, which is like the Scott Snyder anthology, where he's, that's going up to twelve ninety nine. That one, <laughs> that one you have to sell in Oregon. Um, yeah. No, that one actually is staying at four ninety nine, and you're going to get a digital code for it. Huh. So okay. I don't. It, it's it's kind of it's not as bad as it sounds, but at the same time, it's like ah oh, man, I was really enjoying a lot of those books at three ninety nine or two ninety nine. Yeah. Yes. And I don't need the two copies for an extra dollar. Right. I guess if I want to purge my physical co- collection, I can retain a digital version. Mm-hmm. As long as co- as long as comics as long as Comicsology yeah. decides to stick around. And I've seen that too. Yeah. That there's a little bit of housekeeping that you have to do if you were to. I mean, if you're just selling them here and there, but if like people online when they sell comic books, they're asking if the codes are still good. Right. So then you're like, well, no, I use the code. So then it's like, oh, well, this book's not worth. You know what I mean? Like, well, and and is it, did you hear also what Marvel did with their codes? No. Where so it used to be the same thing. You would get a code for a digital copy of that book. Now they don't do that. The code that is included gets you a like a random old. Co- 
old digital comic. Like oh, they, that's like they, they just they rotate what like you know for whatever month. Oh, this month you're going to get a digital copy of Avengers number one. The next month you're going to get a digital copy of Hulk one eighty one. You know what I mean? It it, yeah. it it has nothing to do with what physical book you are purchasing. Huh. So, that's yeah, that's kind of weird. It's kind of garbage. Lame. That's the word, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not cool, Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a lot of uh, mixed feelings about Marvel these days. But yeah, I do too. Um, yeah. I almost feel like maybe they're due for a shake-up. I'll be, but you know what, though? I'm going to say this. Um, I went on it as a whole, as an entity... Uh, they're still pretty entertaining in the sense that I went on a kick of Marvel movies. Over the holidays, my collection of Marvel movies exploded <laughs> in, nice. a, in, a, in a big bad way. Um, so, like in the past two weeks, I watched like in or in this order was like Iron Man three, um, Winter Soldier, Avengers two, and then like and then Civil War. Nice. And. Uh, Boy, howdy, they they hold up, and I loved Iron Man three. I, I've always, mm-hmm. I never kept that secret, so I finally got a copy of it on Blu-ray, and uh, I, I still love it. I can even tolerate the whole Gwyneth Paltrow extremist third act twist. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then um, Avengers two was one that I saw in the theater, and I wasn't too thrilled by it, but I didn't mind. I enjoyed it. When I watched it again. What I enjoyed is like there's a through line, not so much in Iron Man three, but like starting from like Winter Soldier on. There's there's a bit of a through line there, and mm-hmm. and Civil War could be Avengers three easily. I mean, it's very much oh, a yeah. the movie, yeah. but absolutely the, the whole really? thrust of it is based off Avengers two. So the movies are still going, and Doctor Strange was. Awesome. I love Doctor Strange. So, movie-wise, they're doing all right. Comic book-wise, I, I I get Spider-Gwen and Spidey Deadpool, and, like, that's it. And I used to get a lot of Marvel uh, books. Now I barely get any. I'm, oh, and Silver Surfer, which comes out, like, quarterly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm mostly doing, like, the fringe books. Um, mm-hmm. Daredevil, Moon Knight, Doctor Strange... Power Man, and Iron Doctor Fist, too. so four Marvel books. Um, Silver Surfer, same here. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you know. Oh, and I, I did get the first. I keep forgetting. I did get the first issue of Champions, and I actually enjoyed it. But I haven't gotten any since. So I might have to revisit that. But on a whole, like the, the, you know, the flagship books. I mean, I mean, like we've talked about this before, but for. Many years it was like the X Men books were, you know, led the charge at Marvel. Then there was a sea change, and it was the Avengers. And then for like ten or fifteen years, <clears throat> excuse me, it was all Avengers all the time. And now it's like there's no, I don't feel like there's any one driving force behind Marvel anymore. I I would have to agree. Yeah, I'm, I actually did the same thing. I've moved away from... The only flagship book I read for Marvel is Spider-Man. Um, and I just picked it up because of that weird addiction I have to the Cone Saga stuff. <laughs> um, 
but then outside of that, this is where my tastes have gone. Uh, Gwenpool. <laughs> and that's it. Like, Gwenpool and The Hulk. I, w- I did try out the new uh, Hulk featuring Jennifer Walters. Oh, okay. I did give that a try. Um, that was pretty good. I don't know, should I do the little quick review? Might as well. Why don't you yeah, actually get us, get us uh, started get us into with some this. reviews? Alright. Yeah, because it's it's a number one. It's something new. Uh, new for the new year, 2017. Um, yeah, you're done. That's <laughs> it. It was a good book. Done. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to throw you over that. No, yeah. No, it's actually, it, it, it is actually really good in what it and the story is very subtle. They pick up where uh, Civil War left off, which most Marvel books are probably going to do. And this is the only one that even I found remotely interesting. The Civil War stuff could, you know, they could just burn those books. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I did not... I didn't like how it ended. But anyway, um, the Hulk, uh, Jennifer's picking up the pieces of her life... Um, she found out that her, her cousin is, has been killed by Hawkeye. Um, she was in a coma and now she has, she's dealing with, uh, an internal struggle that she's never had to deal with before, which is actually causing her to, uh, tap into the rage, you know, that the, that the Hulk always had, you know, the mm-hmm. banner always had. She's actually now experiencing it manifesting as rage instead of joy. Like she, she's always was the sensational She-Hulk, and she could, you know, and it was a fun thing for her, you know. Um, and now it's not fun anymore. And that's what that's what's kind of cool about the story when you're reading it. Like she's just like, I don't like this. I don't, and I can't control it, and I don't know why. And like, there's a scene where she just kind of um, falls on the on the floor of her apartment or whatever, and she's starting to change and she holds it in and Hmm. it's it's one of the things like it's a it's a first issue so they don't really break loose yet but i think it's a nice build-up and i i'm usually like irritated when they don't give me something in the first issue like i want to see your hulk out um it's called the hulk i want to see her as the hulk but this book i'm actually going to give it a chance and be like all right let you know, let the story unfold. Let's see where it goes. Um, and I and I'm really digging that internal that that internal struggle that it's something that they couldn't have told. I I don't think with with uh, Bruce because you know just because of his, the way he's dealt with it is completely different than the way she's dealing with it. And I think that's it's yeah. kind of neat because it's like it's actually now maybe an original take on the Hulk. Um, and if, you know, if you want uh, sensational sh- She-Hulk, then read the other Hulk book. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. totally awesome Hulk, where he's, you know, he's having a good time. So, uh, having a good time, you know, being the Hulk. So, um, so yeah, they did a little bit of a swap there in a way, I guess. But, uh, yeah, I dig it. Um, the artist... Um, See the art uh, writer art team just to throw this out there. The writer Mariko Tamaki and artist Nico Leon. 
Um, not really familiar, but you know, I think she does. A, um, she, yeah, Nico does a good job with the uh, the pacing and everything. Um, and they also, I did also like that they kind of take her back to familiar territory. Where if you're familiar with She-Hulk when it was a comedy, she always had. She was a, you know, she's always been a lawyer, and she always had weird clientele. They still bring that in, but now it's not comfortable for her anymore. Like, it's not no longer, you know, hey, having a good time, you know, figuring out cases. Now she's just like, oh, my God, like, how can I help this person? I'm so jacked up myself, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I, I feel bad. I forgot I, I have this issue. It yeah. was given to me by um, someone on Facebook, actually. I'm not... I don't think I'm not friends with him personally, but on Facebook we're friends. Um, I don't know if you guys are Eric Seanborn. If that name sounds familiar. Uh, he's, 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 familiar. he's an artist. Um, and he um, he posted on Facebook when, uh, just like a week or two ago. He says, "Hey, does anybody want this copy of She Hulk number one or Hulk number one?" I'm like, I, I was the first to uh, oh. reply. I'm like, "Yeah, I'll take it." Oh, so, that's cool. So a week later, it shows up in the mail, along with... I'm going to have to take a picture. I, I feel like such an a-hole. I completely forgot. Um, he he did this amazing piece of art and included it, like this original oh, that's piece so of cool. art. Yeah. Um, cool. So I'm going to have to uh, take a picture and put it up on the site, because it's really cool. Anyways, I'm, I'm flipping through this issue now that I remembered I have it, and the art is gorgeous. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's it's simple. And, it's and very that's what clean. I, yep. And it's but um, it, it's really good. Like it's it's got a, like a nice line art. And I the, think it plays well to the you know that that um, her world should be very sedated mm-hmm. and normal, but she's having such a, a a bad internal reaction. You know, like dealing with all these tragedies that happened that it's kind of plays well like they have this backdrop that's simple and it should be simple for her to just jump right back in, into her old life mm-hmm. but then you can see where she's cracking you know in this in the the hulk's coming you know it's like right. oh that's gonna be cool so well, yeah i'm into it and it sounds that's like great. from from what i've heard and from what you're what you said about civil war and from what i've heard it sounds like things for her got Things for her got real. Yeah, like, like her her life as a superhero is no longer like a, a a romp. Right. It's kind of you know like her cousin's dead because of the life they lead. Right. And now yeah, she's in a coma and wakes up and finds out that yeah yeah that Bruce is dead. So like so like stuff got real real like very very quickly. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's good. I definitely would say to read it. Check okay. it out. I'm I'm gonna read it. I have it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna <laughs> You're like no. I, I forgot. I had it. I'm gonna read it. Uh, cool. Yeah, I don't know. Somebody do a segue. <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> well, if you like, Alex, it's not really a segue. <laughs> it's not really a segue, but okay. Or go to commercial. She um, went rogue. Eh? She's the one. Oh. Eh? Speaking well, of girl power, no. 
Well, <laughs> Cougar and Cub is about, oh, uh, you know, about a, Friend a, of the show. a female relationship. Yeah. So which one yeah. are we going, Rogue One or Cougar and Cub? It's a Cougar and Cub. <laughs> Everyone's Cougar. onto our game now, so there's no sense in being cute about it. <laughs> Cougar and Cub? Yeah, I say we're 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 kind of into comics now. Let's go Cougar we all, and Cub. We all read it, right? Yeah. We all read the advanced copy that we received from Nick Marino. Yep. Yep, yeah. and I read the, the not-so-advanced copy that I purchased at the store. I read it twice. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's out this week. Or yeah, this week, it's out this week. This week, yeah. Yesterday. This week. This week. Yeah. Now, presently. <laughs> Go to a store. They will have it. Uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I like superheroes. I like what Nick does. It, it, it was a, a good combination. I mean, we all like super haters, so... I don't want to say this is an extension of that, but we've known what he's done in that oh, world right. he's capable of. Um, I liked it because it was like uh, – it reminded me of The Tick in some ways. Yeah. Was like, I don't know if The Tick was like uh, on Cinemax. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean any of that dismissively. It, it, I really, it, was, it was irreverent. It was campy. It was uh, – um, I don't know what – Goofy and silly, but it also like he's playing with. It felt like he was playing with like superhero, like the reconstruction of it in a sense. Like it wasn't a deconstruction in what we've seen like the last thirty years. It was like a I don't know, like a fresh deconstruction of the tropes. I don't know. I'm, I need to get my uh, um, thesaurus <laughs> out here. I'm running out of words. <laughs> But um, you know, I wrote him an email after he sent us the book, and I, I think I was much more elegant there. I probably should have brought that up and just read the email. <laughs> but um, it, it I guess because what we were talking about on the pre-show or earlier in the show, depending on how this is cut together, um, it looks like it's just going to be the one issue, and then they'll release it later as the trade with the remaining issues. And I think if people were slow to get in on it, it's probably because they didn't know what to make of it because it's superheroes, which probably drives off some of the, like, a portion of the audience that would love it, and then because it is superheroes, but it's also mature and cartoony and mm-hmm. irrelevant, and as, like, see, you know, um, mature themes, again, you use mature twice, it's the people that are, like, like, superheroes might be turned off of it. So the two, the people that are turned off of it for one reason would probably like it, where the people that, like, we're looking into it. We're probably turn off for another reason. So I think it's kind of it's probably, it's probably ahead of its time. It's probably one of those things where people will revisit it later. I'm like, how do we miss this? And it's because you weren't paying attention to what was coming out. So again, I liked it, and I, however, we get our hands on the rest of it. Mm-hmm. I look forward. To it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I can say. I mean, you you pretty much. <laughs> I don't think there's much more I can say that would you know elaborate on what what you said. Actually, um, only that, you know, knowing Nick and knowing his past work from uh, not only his indie work that we're or, you know, his self-published work that that we've known over the years from him, you know, living here and being our friend and going to the shows with him. But also, you know, his last two works of, you know, for Action Lab, Holy Fuck and Holy Fucked. Um mm-hmm. uh, Reading Cougar and Cub, all I could really think was, yeah, this is pretty much what I expected from Nick. 
<laughs> and, and certainly not in a bad way. This is, you know, it, it was that was pure Nick through and through, like the way it was written. And I, I don't know, how, like the collaborative effort between him and um, the artist who I, I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank on. Daniel Arudamasa. There you go. Because I, I don't have my my copy in front of me, but um, yeah, I, I felt like the the art was more visceral. Like it, 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 there were actually a couple of points where I was like, "Ew, gross!" You know, like there were like there were like when they were kissing and there was like it was like real slobbery and yeah, it was a little bit uh, red and stimpy. Yeah, yeah, there was just that. there was where they just, do the close up. Yeah, you know? <laughs> there was more uh, of that, of that, you know, that, and and that definitely elicited a reaction for me, not in a bad way, but just like, ew, you know, <laughs> sick, <laughs> gross. Um, uh, but it, but it was funny. It was still, I still laughed and I enjoyed it, and uh, like I said, it was, it, it was a story that you know that I expected um, going in. Uh, from I mean, just from the title Cougar and Cub, it was, you, you know, it's like oh, it's 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 an older female superhero with a younger uh, male sidekick, hilarity and uh, sexual situations are going to ensue, and it 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 did not disappoint. No, and I would say um, Daniel's art. We I mean, we've got to watch him grow as an artist over this these three series. And he he turned in some stellar work. So yeah, you're to draw attention to that. Yeah, it really did elevate and it served the story that they were telling, like the stylistic choices he made. I was sitting here reading it on the sofa, and Susan was like, "Why don't they have noses?" <laughs> I was like, "It's just the way." It but um, no, I think with Nick's stuff and to really just uh, not not trying to just blow him. You know what? his ego here. Hopefully, you're not trying to blow. But um, no, no, we're too far <laughs> away. I can't. <laughs> um, his stuff's always sort of had that, like on the surface, that's kind of like if you just looked at it from a distance and just took it at its face value, it probably seemed juvenile mm-hmm. and maybe they didn't have anything to offer. But that was sort of like the cool stuff about his work is that under that surface. There's depth in like in, in his work, so it kind of it's it's a little bit of a, a mind game or whatever that he's playing, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe he's just too smart for the room right now. Who knows? Uh, I, I'm going to give a shout out to his uh, use of sound effects. Um, yes. Almost almost every page has some kind of weird sound effect. And it's really apparent when they start to make out on the roof. <laughs> and it's like smack, kisses, smack, you know, and then a little boob pat, you know. Um, they jump, you know, they're jumping off the roof and there's a jump written behind them. You know, I mean, there's just, there's verink, plop, skid. Dong. Yeah. <laughs> they're everywhere. Yeah. I mean, when you start to just look at that, throughout it's like holy crap like there's so many sound effects like i actually want to hear this like you know like the audio track for this for this book (laughs) (laughs) nick Nick, we need a soundtrack (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's plenty of characters we could all play a part 
<laughs> hump, hump. You do the uh, yeah. audio play version of <laughs> the, the, the audio book. Yeah. <laughs> Read by Sir Ben Kingsley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Sean, you uh, read it, right? Yeah, I read it. It was pretty good. It, it, it's, um, yeah, Jared kind of said everything that uh, kind of sums it up. I mean, it was, you know, it was really good art. I liked everything about it. And it was just classic Nick. I, mm-hmm. I laughed my ass off. I didn't get more of a tick feel. I got more of like a, Batman 66 kind of yeah. going out of it. Maybe because they were sliding down the poles. I don't know. Uh, yeah. but, um, Batman 66, which is more sexual innuendo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was just great. I really liked it. Of course, I'm never disappointed with Nick's work. He's he's just great at what he does. So, yeah. It's no time log, but it'll do, right, Sean? <laughs> it's better than time log. Oh, God. <laughs> I think everything's better than time. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, come on bite, now. Bite your mouth. Bite your tongue. It, it needed more cocaine use. That's that's what I was missing. Wait, by by now. the creators or in the book? Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So are are, are we done um, tickling Nick's balls here? Are we? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. The I got Podfather. The Podfather. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Podfather, for this offering. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I read a number one this week. I think it came out last week. It was um, God Country number one from Image Comics. I don't know if you guys caught this one. I've heard of it. I have it, not read it. It's pretty good. I would recommend it. Um, it's uh, written by, well, the, the creative team, I mean, not heard of any of these guys before, but I feel like they're, um, if this is the level of work they're putting out, I think they're going to, I think we're going to hear a lot more of them. Uh, it's written by Donnie Cates and the art is by Jeff Shaw. Um, the art is, I mean, it's, it's kind of gorgeous. It's, it's, it's very, uh, very detailed, but, and it has elements of, I feel like I'm seeing so many different artists in this book. I'm seeing a little bit of John Cassidy, a little bit of Sean Phillips, um, a little bit of Jerome Pena, and it's like it's all good. Like I love it all. It, it's it's just a really good um, collaborative effort between the 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 penciler and the the colorist. It's just um, but this is a it's a number one. So it's it's a really good. Um, opening to this story, we have an um, <clears throat> an old uh, an old man, an old widower, who's just like ravaged by dementia, and the the book opens up with um, his son and his wife and daughter pulling up to the house because um, he had an, an altercation with the local sheriff, um, and they're in this they're in kind of this podunk like small town in texas and it's you you could tell that the um the dealing with the dad's dementia is just tearing his son's family apart i mean they're just because the 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 old man is just like he has these violent outbursts and it's just it's awful and as the 
the wife can't take it anymore, and she leaves with the daughter. The son stays at home, and um, this tornado shows up, and it's like, but it's it's like a storm that no one's ever seen before, and it's leveling things left and right, and it levels the house that the old man and the son are in, and miraculously, uh, they both survive, but the, the old man comes out of it different. And I don't really even want to say what happens because it, because the the last few pages of it are just really cool. It's it, it, but it's he comes out of it different, and the story that's going to expand from this is looks really cool. Uh, it's going to be kind of otherworldly, um, a little bit of sci-fi, I think, a little bit of super. Uh, maybe supernatural, but I feel like it's got more of a little, like a sci-fi bent to it. And it was just a fun, a fun first issue. And like I said, the, the, the art was, I I loved, I loved the art. What was it called again? God country. Uh, And like I said, it just came out last week. From Image, it was the the first issue. Have you read um, Reborn at all? That Mark Miller, Greg Capullo book. Um, yeah, actually, you know, it's funny. I I have the third issue, and I, I read it, and I, I but I, I kept it on my iPad because I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up or not. Um. Reborn? You know what? I haven't. It's I haven't of, read it. It's kind of losing me. It's um. I I see what you mean, and I'm just sort of waiting for it. To, I mean, it's only what like five or six issues. It's not like it's a long story, right? So I'm assuming that it's it's sort of like in that middle part where everything's kind of now set in place that things should start happening. Yeah. No, so we'll see. I just feel like by issue three, and, and maybe I need to go back and reread them. I I just don't feel like I have any grasp of what the story is beyond the fact that this fantasy world is where people come after they die. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what's going on beyond that. Other than they keep uh. introducing all these new. Oh, here's the king of the fairies. Oh, here's a dragon with a lion's head. Here's a guy who's riding an elephant, uh, riding a flying elephant. I mean, it's it, all these great elements, and it looks gorgeous. I mean, Greg Capullo, of course, it looks great. But I, I'm like, where is this story going? Like, what, what is it? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, I would imagine, and I, I'm hoping that issue three was sort of like the final of the exposition mm-hmm. part of the story, and now we're entering into the like a second act, if you will. Where things are happening. If it doesn't, then yeah, it is going to be a tough to, to keep justifying it. Cause yeah, it's right at that point where it could go either. For me, it could go either way right now. Yeah, you're right. I, I hope that this is the tipping point where now it's like, okay, now we can go, f- you know, full bore onto you know into the story. Right. Like we're we already have a good grasp of what this world is, but. 
what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, because uh, I've read some good Miller for the last couple of years, and this one I'm I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. What, what, which one? Which Miller I'm getting? Okay, I'm glad it wasn't uh, just me because I also because I actually felt somehow I felt a little guilty that I w- wasn't liking it because yeah, because I, mean, I thought it would be like I don't know I thought it would be amaze balls as well, the kids. Yeah, say. I mean the and, and we've talked about this on the show before, but the 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 renaissance that Mark Miller has gone through over the past couple of years has been nothing short of like career defining mm-hmm. and. So he's had such a good uh, a good run of solid stories over the past couple of years, and then this is just I'm like I'm not there yet, but I, I want to be. Yeah, they haven't all been gems for me. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty much the ones that I've I actually collected full runs of, like like Chrononauts is the one that sticks out that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, Huck. Was kind of it wasn't awful. It was it, it was sweet, but you know it wasn't. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was rather forgettable. Um, I didn't read what was it MPH. I think you read that one, didn't you? The Duncan. Yeah, MPH was great. Okay, see where I was just sort of like eh on it. Um, trying to think. That that's one that the, the the payoff is at the end of the story. In the the Jupiter's books, like I didn't read the spinoff. I had no interest in that. Um, the sequel, uh, was it the legacy? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's, that's I, still I, pretty I, good. Is it even still a thing? Is it still? Yeah. I think I, the I last issue is delayed. Um, and, and Starlight's, Starlight was really good. And I enjoyed, you know, I, I kind of crapped on it, but I enjoyed what I read, but I'm not like, I'm not paying attention to its release schedule. I, I just read mm. like the review copies that were sent to us this time. I didn't make a point to like hunt down the physical issues like I normally would. So mm-hmm. it's not, not everything he spins is gold, but no, that's true. But I, I think like compared to the, his past, like his work leading up to that, before, you know, where it was, um, you know, a little more polarizing. This is like oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the stuff he's done recently is more it's like a breath of fresh air. But but you're right. It's not 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 every occasionally a breath of fresh air. You might breathe in a fart. You know, yes. it's not going to be. It's not going to all smell like you know daisies and puppies. You know, it's boy puns and metaphors. We got it all going on in this episode. We can, That's what happens when we take a month off. We are rocking. Yeah, and only one technical glitch so far. Fingers crossed for the rest of the episode. Yeah, yeah not bad, not bad. Yeah. So, uh, um, anyone have anything else? Anyone want, want to go next? Or comic we... book wise, I'm yeah. leaving it. Yeah, I don't know. I have one. I do have one. Um, which talk? You know, it, it it just reminded me like when I was like, hey, we should, you know, hey, everybody should check out Powerless, the TV show, and the whole reason is because. I'm reading Gwenpool, so, um, but I, it's weird, I, I actually, I really like Gwenpool, like, and I don't know, I don't know if I'm supposed to, but it's really enjoyable. Well, Scott, um, you can do whatever you like. I, yeah. I've not read it, but I've actually heard some good things about Gwenpool. I'm interested to hear what you think, Scott, because I did read the first issue, and I was not thrilled by it. Let's, so let's I, start I, with the, I mean, the introduction is of... You know the 
most unlikely case, they were doing uh, mashups using Gwen Stacy uh, on every cover in the Marvel lineup. Um, so they were doing Gwen spoofs. Um, and then for the Deadpool book, they did Gwenpool. Um, but when they... Everybody loved this cover, and and it was like, oh, what a cool idea. So then they're like, well, let's just do a couple um, Howard the Duck stories featuring Gwenpool. And so then they establish her character, and her character is basically someone that comes from our world who reads comic books, loves comic books, eats it up. Um, and now she's thrown into the Marvel Universe, and they don't explain how it happened. And they're like, don't worry so much about that. Um, if but, I may interject, Scott, yeah. real quick. That right there is where it lost me. Because I'm, for whatever reason, I, I'm not a fan of that, that trope. That jump in? Yeah. yeah. That I come from the real world where these are comic books, and I know that this is, I don't know, for whatever, I'm just like, yeah. See, this is where I am at with I'm sorry. Do you remember when they did that a few years ago when Mark Miller wrote 1984? 1985. Yeah, like, yeah, nineteen five. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, but I, I thought that was. I mean, y- you had to kind of suspend your disbelief. Even spoilers. Spoilers, but um, Monsters Unleashed may or may not be the same kind of story. Oh. Yeah, the new Marvel book. I haven't read it, but I looked at it at the store and I decided not to buy it. It's weird how like somebody like Gwenpool. I'm like. Yes, this idea is okay with me. It's it's it still plays into the whole idea of Deadpool where he breaks the fourth wall. But mm-hmm. for her she doesn't see the audience, but she assumes that there is an audience reading. And she'll say she'll make comments um and basically um refer to her as you know, she's like, "Well, hey, I have to um, the only way I'm going to survive in the Marvel Universe is if I'm a hero, because the hero will survive. And so she uh, is trying to take on hero jobs, and she's using her knowledge of the Marvel Universe as her superpower. But what's I think the neat twist about her is I don't think that she realizes that she's actually kind of a villain. Um, and I don't think she's even aware of that herself. Hmm. But the way that she carries out heroism is usually shooting someone in the face or, you know, like something that Deadpool would do. And then the other, and she's like, oh yeah, I totally fixed this. And then other heroes are like, no, that's not how you do it. You know, and she's like, oh, oh, well, well, whatever. You know, and she's like, it'll be okay. You know, like, and then she'll explain it away as a comic, you know, it's, you know, comic book logic. Um, and pretty much everybody thinks she's insane. Um, but what brings us up to this point now is that she, in her effort to be a hero, she actually is now the um, the the current leader of Modok. Um, she dethroned Modok, the character, and now runs Modok the corporation. Hmm. And uh, she's like, you know, I can still maybe I can still do good with this, you know, even though she's running an evil organization. And it's just kind of funny to me. Like, I, I don't know why. I just find that the whole idea funny. And I will say that the the artwork on the book has been excellent the whole way through. And they have ch- 
they have uh, two different artists that have worked on the book, and uh, the the current artist is uh, Yuri Hiro, which is artist, which means it's probably a studio. Um, but it's really nice artwork. Um, kind of targeting, uh, I don't know, it looks like it's probably targeting a younger audience because it looks more like an animated series. Um, but it's clean. Mm -hmm. It's good. Cool. Um, yeah, and I enjoy it. It's, it's got some funny, funny ideas. Um, her best friend was, you know, her, her new best friend in the book, which you automatically think is like, oh, uh, this is, this is going to be her helpful computer whiz guy. <laughs> he gets killed immediately. And then, uh, she runs into Dr. Strange. They do something, they, they work on something together and Dr. Strange finds a way for him to come back as a spirit. So now he's a spirit who's bothered by the fact that he's dead, and he's like, hey, I don't know if I should be here. And she's like, no, it's fine. Um, yeah, so it's, I don't know. It's a bizarre book. <laughs> but uh, I've been enjoying it. So um, eight issues, eight issues in, I'm still like, yeah, I'm going to keep reading it. Cool. So, But that's where I'm at with the Marvel Universe. I'm on that kind of fringe. <laughs> you know, yeah, I moved that far are. Out. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's like core books. What are those? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I like my I get my Gwen Stacy fix through uh, Spider Gwen, which oh, I, enjoy. Yeah. I um my only issue or if I have any beef with it, it's that it does a lot of like crossovers with other books, and sometimes it does some. There was a significant change in the status quo that occurred in a crossover book. And I didn't read the crossover book, so when this occurred, I felt like I had missed something. Hmm. Oh. So. Yeah, that'll that, um, that that that'll kill your your reading momentum quicker than anything. Which in uh, Spider Gwen you said? Spider Gwen, yes. And what was the crossover? Was it into the the silk? other Silk and Spider Woman? Yeah. And Spider Woman, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I couldn't get into I couldn't get into that one. Um, I think because it's an alternate universe uh, for the most part. But I think the the real strength in that book is that is when they do the multiverse stuff. Mm -hmm. So, which is what yeah, I mean that's what they're doing now. Uh, the Miles Morales Spider Man's was in this uh, most current issue. I did see that, and that was a story that started I guess in his title, and then we'll cross back over. And they were yeah, making out. <laughs> Not in the issue I read, but I, I did see that in. Like, yeah, it's like page one theory. of yeah, page one of the Miles Morales one, I believe. Mm. Yeah, and the and it's pretty much one of those. Hey, we're making out. How did it? How did I get here? And then they do the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have no idea. I just flipped through it. Well, I've got um, one more book, and it's just a, just a quick uh, a quick take on Southern Bastards number sixteen. The Jason, number sixteen. Yeah, Jason Aaron and Jason Latour. Um, I'm not even sure what I can what I can say about this book. I mean, it, it's 
from from issue to issue, it just continues to impress. And I think Jason. Um, I'll tell you where I draw. I dropped it off because I did not like how issue five or six. <laughs> issue five or six. Um, Earl you Earl Tubbs' um, daughter is is back, but she has not made her move yet against uh, Coach Boss. Okay. Um, the current storyline has to do with um, the Coach Boss has taken some. Very violent action after after losing, um, after, after losing a game, which you know the the run-in Rebs never lose. Um, he you know does a few things uh, again you know towards players of the other team after the game that <clears throat> would probably be frowned upon in <laughs> most <laughs> most other places. Um, <laughs> and now that that team has is now retaliating in kind. Um, I don't even want to say too much. It's just that Jason Aaron is, to me, he's one of the most versatile writers who I think is he is currently writing comics. I mean, he's writing one of the Star Wars books from too. Star Wars to Southern Bastards to uh, Thor. I mean, he he can do it all, and 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 not one book suffers from being written like the others, you know what I mean? Or it's like he, he's, it's almost like he just, he puts on a different hat and it just, you know, yeah. all the awfulness that he writes in Southern bastards. And then he goes and writes like star Wars, which is like the star Wars that it, it's th- like the theme of that star Wars is the star Wars we grew up with. Like, like you, hear, yeah, you hear the characters. Yeah. Um, voices. Yeah, and, and 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 that that's been going for what it's 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 closing in on thirty issues, isn't it? Uh, yeah, twenty six issues so far, I believe. Yeah, so you know that's two and a half years of of uh, consistency with that book. Uh, he's been writing Thor for probably almost the same amount of time because he started with Thor, God of Thunder, and then it moved to um, the Mighty Thor when it was when it when it changed to the, the female Thor and, 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 and that book's amazing. And, and, and that's, and he's writing, um, you know, a, a great, like I, I've never really cared for Thor or Asgard or anything that goes along with that or all the different yeah. realms or worlds, but he writes it in a way that's accessible and right. you don't feel like you need to break out, a book of uh, Norse mythology to try and keep up. Right. Uh, and then he writes a book like Southern Bastards where you read it and you're like, yeah, I need a shower. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a brutal, it ugly was, book. Yeah. I think yeah, that's, but what I it love was. it. It was, too, it was too much for me. I was like, this isn't the way I wanted this to go. But, but, but he, he has a way of, <laughs> But he has a way of writing the most despicable people, and you still, in some way, shape, or form, uh, feel compassion for them, or like they're. He still manages to humanize them in some way, and he he did that with uh, Scalped. Oh yeah. 
and and he's doing it now with Southern Bastards. And you know, all I can say is if you know if if you've not read Southern Bastards, you, you really need to jump on, give it a try, start from the beginning. It's only sixteen issues. It's not that far. Um, yeah, Duke, you need to catch up. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about you. I. <laughs> I mean, me. when they were like, hey, we're <laughs> just going to feature the coach now. And I was like, no. I was like, no, he's 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 so evil. <laughs> I was like, I'm not But he, he, he did that a lot in Scalped where he would he would feature, like, you know, stories centered around the main villain. And it, it, yeah. it, it kind of reminds me of, like, like shows like... Boardwalk I mean, Empire or The Sopranos or Mad Men, where the, I mean, he, the main character is kind of despicable. I also realized that as part of Star Wars, he wrote Vader Down, which was the crossover mm-hmm. um, featuring Darth Vader versus the entire Rebel Alliance. <laughs> See? I mean, yeah, it was pretty amazing. So, keep it up, Jason Aaron. Yeah. I have a segue ready for Darth Vader and Pretty Amazing, if if now's the time to use it. Okay. Well, it depends if we want to, if you still have comics to talk about or not. No, no I am I am complete. We're Is done. It time? It's time we can discuss yeah. Rogue One. Rogue One. Scott, it must have been Nirvana wrapped in euphoria for you. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a slice of heaven. Because I had no intentions to go see it. Like, I was like, oh, I'll see it when I see it. Yeah, it looks neat, but uh, I could care less. And then it comes out, and that weekend I see on like social media folks like Nick and Link like just heaping praise on it. And those are two right. cats that are not quick to you know offer up that that type of uh, complimentary right style stuff for us. I'm like, well, this this movie must be something spectacular so we went and saw it it was like maybe that monday or whatever and for me you know i'm not the biggest star wars fan i I like empire and that was about it yeah for me scott this was empire level good yeah it oh easily that's where i was at um actually what's funny is my friend evan is a huge fan of return of the jedi and I angered him because I, uh, the movie was over, and I looked over at him and I said, "Evan, I think we have a new trilogy." He's like, "What?" And I was like, "Yeah, Rogue One, and then New Hope, and Empire Strikes Back." <laughs> uh, I was like, "Forget about," and he's like, "No, Jedi." And I was like, "Eh." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I thought it was that good too. I love the that they blended it so well that they tried so. That, like they made a good effort to make it, uh, you know, line up. Um, in some ways, it was almost a period piece because they had to recreate uh, the '70s in some yeah. parts. Um, so yeah. Oh, it, was, it also it also bridged the prequel trilogies with yeah. the original trilogy. It did with Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith's. Um, mm-hmm. The woman that played, um, what's her name? Oh my god, Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. She was slated to appear in in uh, episode three, and I think they cut her scene. But they actually got the same actress from that deleted scene 
to play Mon Mothman. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it was, you know, attention to detail like that that I was like, oh my goodness, this is great. Like, and and it um, made me think about new things, which is what I want from each movie. Is I want them to uh, continue to peel back, you know, this this universe. Um, and um, the the appearance of the Mon Calamari, Admiral Akbar's race. Uh, it made me think more about what Admiral Akbar's motivations were in Jedi now, because he has to live up to a guy that already, you know, threw his, you know, this other Mon Calamari that threw his life down for these, you know, the original Death Star. So, I mean, you know, here's Admiral Akbar, who's probably now like, I, you know, I, I have someone to live up to, you know, like mm-hmm. I think of it that way now that it adds something to the other movies. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's a little it was stuff like that. Um, oh, and then um, we get to see Darth Vader in his back to tank or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> we, get and, to uh, see, we get to see Darth Vader kicking ass. Yeah. I mean, like, the the, the way they, they bridged the, the end of the movie to A New Hope with... I, I didn't think that was going to happen. I... I didn't realize that this movie was going to literally butt right up against the beginning of A New Hope. And when when they showed them pulling up to Princess Leia's ship and docking and and him boarding the ship and just like just tearing guys up. I was like, right. "Holy crap, this is amazing." Right. Or just yeah, when they oh, came... that was great. Yeah. Yeah, the Vader sequence. Yeah. That's when they came out of hyperspace and smacked all the rebel ships. Like mm-hmm. they were they're like, okay, let's get out of here. Pow! And they were just like smacked up against a star destroyer. Um, but yeah, um, I, my feeling was that maybe there was a little bit more time in between the two movies, but but not much. Um, because. I got the feeling that maybe the princess had been on the run for a little bit longer than just between, you know, from one movie to the next, that there might've been like some hopping from world to world only because she, in the original movie said, Hey, you know, we're on a diplomatic mission. You know, she's trying to boldface lie Mm -hmm. to Vader who just saw the ship. You know what I mean? Like that maybe they were on another world where they're like, Oh yeah, we're totally you got the wrong ship, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I overthought, I've overthought this way <laughs> more than anybody should. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was excellent. No, I like, it had, you know, um, it, this, the boldness with spoiler alerts, everybody dies. Everybody yeah. dies. You get all <laughs> these, like, awesome new characters and you do, don't know of them all and, like, it did a fine job of sort of, like, Introducing them and establishing their relationships without, like, you know, while keeping the flow of the picture together. Um, now, I don't know all the auxiliary stuff, like Clone Wars and stuff like that. So, yeah. Forrest Whitaker's character, if there was any sort of oh, yeah. um, there was... relevance to him, like, you know, beyond, it was lost on me. Mm-hmm. But I understood, you know, his where he stood in that world and his relationships and just the way it dealt with 
the Star Wars world and the themes and the politics, and it was very, I, I don't want it was very adult, but not like, you know, mature or or R rated or or you know oh. adult in that sense. But it was it was done the, intelligently uh, and and like with a, a, a bit of realism to it. Yeah, they covered they covered um, the details where they needed to. Yeah, is is what it, what it was because yeah they're like let's have them the you know the the infamous mission briefing scene you know like let's have that you know and then you get more exposition and you know uh you know to fill out the world more because now you see which um which alien races have you know broken away since you know since first we saw just um Bail Organa in the third mm-hmm. one. And now we've seen all these people that have come together, and they're not even getting along. They were all like, there was so much infighting just in that scene yeah. where they're like, they're like, we're not even going to do this mission. <laughs> and then like, then you know, so the Rogue One gang takes off, the Scooby gang. Yeah. And then, you know, Akbar's people are like, they're like, oh, they already left. They already went after him. And they're like, oh, I guess we're going to fight too then. So then all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, it's time for action. You know, but it was cool how they, it seemed like everyone in that movie, every individual character and then even the larger groups were all in a place where they weren't sure what they wanted to do. And then they made a decision to fight. Like every character, um, Cassian, Cassian, who was like, I'll just gun down this informant at the beginning Right, like that was so like, yeah, dark, and yet this is a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you're, like your hero just like killed a dude. In cold but blood. later in the movie, he made a decision to to not kill Galen Urso, and then to to actually fight. You know, like instead of just being a instead of being like a terrorist, he was like, no, we're fighting for something that's good. Yeah. Like he actually, I think he actually knew what he was fighting for. Finally, um, and they all did. I think that's what it was. Is there was there wasn't clarity. Like and at that time, there probably wasn't. They're probably like, we don't know what we're fighting against. Um, we just know the the galaxy's getting worse. And so, Scott, <laughs> as as the uh, the Star Wars expert here, uh, the planet Jedi is that the home of the Jedi? Uh, I don't know if it is. I don't think it is. Okay. Um, it was a definitely a planet that had the religion, and they did mention, um, you know, the blind guy. He is actually a protector of the wills. Yes. Like they dropped that in there, and that's something that came out of the um, first draft script of the Star Wars. Okay. Um, they actually the original title was something like the for the Force of the Wills or something like that. I forget what it was. But they actually dropped that in there, and I thought that was a nice. A nice touch back to the original script. Yeah, and it gave us that awesome little mantra, I am one with the Force and the Force is with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> uh, the other funny thing was, um, you know, the trailer didn't have all the scenes because they had changed, they re- did reshoots. Yeah, I heard it evidently went through a lot of changes by time it... Um, but I didn't miss them. You know, like, I'm watching the movie and I'm realizing that, hey, that scene should have been right there, but I actually was like, I, I don't I don't care. I, it yeah. didn't miss it. So, 
you know, good good job to them. Like Force Whitaker on the beach, and this is a yeah. rebellion, I rebel, and all that. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was good, good stuff. And then um, going back to Alan Tudyk as um, oh yeah, what was the robot's name? K two S O. Yeah, Start, stole the show. Uh, he did. He was awesome. And they killed the robot too, and you're like sad when the robot dies. I was yeah, like, I was bummed. Yeah, I was like, wash, you know, all over again. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, and then I was like, well, then I wasn't sure. I mean, I guess it makes sense because you never saw these characters again, but that they didn't make it. But I'm like, is this movie really going to have the balls to just like kill yeah. every character? Like everyone dies. Like I everyone was... dies in this movie. Like well, there is no rogue too well, because you... they're all dead. Yeah. You know when when this movie was first announced, it you know. It, I kept hearing um, comparisons to the Dirty Dozen. And oh, I don't know yeah. if you guys have ever seen the original Dirty Dozen, but it was the same thing. It was like these guys, you know, they were going on a suicide mission. Yeah. And they they knew it, but they, you know. <laughs> I see. To... Yeah. Well, and, and I think that's what it was, is they were like, we're going to do this, and I don't think they really had that concept of a suicide mission in their heads, but then they realized that when they got there. That they're like, yeah, we're not going to get back, so we're going to do what we can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, giant planet-sized gun is yeah. on the horizon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's even another subtlety that made me wonder. Um, you know how they could just they could just basically toast the city. You know, so instead of yeah. blowing up a planet like Alderaan, you could dial that thing back a little bit. Yeah, like when they were going to take out the. The Rebel Alliance on Yavin 4 on the moon, they didn't, I don't think they even wanted to blow up that planet. I think they, now, you know, because of this movie, they made me think that maybe they were just gonna, you know, a- annihilate the base and then just leave the planet there. Because they could do that. You know, and that's why they didn't shoot their way through Yavin, you know, through the moon, through the planet and then shoot the moon and you know what I mean? Like, they were like, you know, they still had some red tape. They still had to answer for some <laughs> things, you know, that they couldn't just go around. They still had to fill out the proper forms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. But, um, yeah, there was, there was a lot to like in that movie, for sure. Yep. Um, no, and it, it just good. feeds, it, yeah, it just fed my addiction, so. It, it, it was a nice... Uh, kind of fill in the gap movie mm-hmm. between episode three and four. Yeah, it really did a good job. Oh, that's what I was going to say about Vader in the tank and in the tie-ins to um, Rogue One or to uh, Star Wars Rebels, the cartoon, which currently I think is about three years or maybe two years before that. Um, they had some nice tie-ins to the cartoon, but it made me wonder, like. What was Vader up to right before that? You know, that he's like, I gotta get back to the back to tank and cool off. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh man, just knowing the stuff that goes on in the cartoon. Um, yeah. It, you know, it makes me, it makes me wonder, like, what happens to the characters in that series then, too. So, yeah, there's, yeah, like I say, there's, there's so many things to think about now. Um, they, it was brilliant. 
And what I thought was pretty cool was the um, the resurrection of Peter Cushing. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I think was... I think he, he got more screen time in this movie than he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the only thing I had some mixed feelings on because occasionally he looked like he belonged in the Polar Express. See, I didn't, I I, I didn't okay. really see through it, and yeah. if I wouldn't have told Susan that that guy died 22 years ago, she wouldn't have known. Now Carrie Fisher, I was like, maybe because it was so brief and unexpected, and I, I, you know, Peter Cushing in this movie looked like the Peter Cushing I knew he looked like. Carrie Fisher, yeah. I knew, I knew that she had gotten you know ordered. I knew what modern day Carrie Fisher looked yeah. like. Yeah, was that that maybe that's know, what it, yeah Plato look to her, but um, part of it too is the, I think the lighting because the, her face was a lot brighter, so you can kind of see through it a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, see through that it's a CGI more so than where Tarkin was more in the dark. You know, I don't know. It could be, but um, I, I, think, I actually, I guess I, I didn't expect him to have like I. I heard that he was a part of it, but I guess I didn't expect him to show up as often as he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was he was a great. You know, a great uh, villain to offset Krennic, too. The mm-hmm. other villain, you know, that there was a power struggle there. Um, so, yeah, that was good. And um, Oh, I actually found, I actually, if I can remember this now, the, oh, yeah. Um, so there's a term called the Unca- Uncanny Valley that I never, I can't believe as a nerd I never heard of this before. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but... It's the idea that um, your acceptance to um, there's a point where like you see a CGI character or something that is meant to look like a human and you reject it like yeah. internally you can't mm-hmm. believe it because it looks too the authenticity's there but your body you know your mind won't let you like it and it, I it's think basically I'm sorry, suspension of disbelief like, yeah and, and and that, and that's where they've gotten to with uh, Tarkin, like that people were actually like, no, this is unacceptable. Like this yeah. is not, you know, can't accept this. Um, but then I look at like what Marvel's done with, you know, when they, what they did with uh, young Tony Stark. I was like, did they uh-huh. get Robert Downey Jr. to, you know, to film in the eighties? They went back in time and filmed a scene. You know what I mean? Like. The stuff they're doing now is amazing. Yeah, Marvel's been yeah they, they've done that de aging. They did that to uh, Michael Douglas. Yep. and Ant Man. Yep. I, it's, I guess it's easier when the actor is still alive to to base because they're <laughs> they have, you know, when they have that old film footage. Yeah, it doesn't hurt. And, and when it's them that they can just sort of they can just up. yeah yeah they can That's just slap too. some CGI on top of yeah that is true because yeah. it's still them and it's still their voice right you know and it's their yeah their motions and their personality still coming right. through. It was tricky with uh, Carrie Fisher because um, they had to, and even Tarkin, they had, and they had yeah, actors playing those parts that, yeah. I, I, yeah. Cause, cause I, I, I looked it up on IMDB later and I'm like, Oh, well they definitely had like body doubles or they had right. people acting as them physically, right. but then they just slapped the CGI on top of it. Right on yep. the faces, so it's yeah. amazing. 
Very cool, very cool. So I think we are Stop. all in agreement that we thought it was the the bee's knees. Indeed. Indeed. Great. Awesome. So now we, what we have next to look forward to, what episode, what's, what's going to come first, episode eight. eight or Han Solo? Eight. Eight. Yeah. Do next out what, next December. December. Yeah. It is December, yeah. It is December, yeah, I believe. I think I already have it in my calendar at work, so, <laughs> you know, just for the reserve that day. Uh, December 15th. Hmm. Yeah. So this year. Now we're in a, we're in a golden age of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing. Um, and R.I.P. R.I.P. to Carrie Fisher. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, just to say about her, I, I love her in every role she does. So, that she has done. Um, so, yeah, we'll miss her. Yeah, she was one of the good ones. Yeah, yeah, and all of her, you said all of her work was done for episode eight, so we get yep. one last hurrah. Yeah, yeah, that'll be both. Um, uh, it'll be neat to see her, but it'll also be sad. Yeah, because you know of what we're missing now. So, yeah, I think it'll be similar to like a Heath Ledger kind of thing, you know, where it's like, man, he's so good, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, you're like, oh, so sad, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we uh, why don't we get wrapping up on this thing here? All right. Since uh, the hour draws near for us to, uh... yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> you're like, hey, hold on a second. Uh, I, I, I'm out of, of poeticisms here. Yeah, just, I'm like, uh, it's great. It's getting late, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, alright, well does anyone have any last minute, anything to uh, promote, anything to um, pimp, anything no no, no. 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 I'm gonna, no. I'm gonna quick... is coming up, but that's not for a couple more months no. uh, I'm gonna quickly promote uh, my new podcast uh, oh, yeah. Pilot Season the Pilot Season podcast that I do with my wife Jen and we watched the first episode of a TV show and talk about it. Just the first episode, no more, no less. And you can find that at pilotseasontv.blogspot.com. We just uh, nice. we just watched Mr. Robot, which I th- oh cool, which was really cool. I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, we, we we are we generally try and watch something that neither of us either it's something we've never seen or it's been a significant amount of time since we've seen it and we can't remember. And we take turns each week picking. So nice. Yeah. So it's a lot of fun. (laughs) So we've, uh, we've done about 12 episodes so far. So check it out. Q. Sweet. All right. Well, I guess if there's nothing else, we can close this one out. This has been episode 240 of the comic book pit. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. I'm Jared. And I'm Sean. And we'll see you next time. Yeah.